Hello and welcome to another episode of the Trading Desk Podcast. My name is Joshua Thanos and I am your host today. Today will be a solo podcast and the topic being my top five picks for Rolex Submariner alternatives. So it should be fun. I have some uh, interesting picks here, guys, and I think there's some that you'll probably agree with and some that you won't. Uh, So before we get started, let's do the customary wrist check. And today I'm wearing um, a watch that's been getting a lot of wrist time. It's... uh, I guess essentially this would be an alternative to a Submariner, the um, the green dial black bezel current Submariner, because this is the one that it close, so closely resembles. This is my uh, 43.5 millimeter uh, Moser Pioneer Center Seconds made for collective horology. This is a uh, special edition of 50 pieces, full brushed stainless steel um, with the, uh, it's a it's a time only, not a time and date, and uh, center seconds. Watch tons of loom, forty three millimeters, like I said, and uh, it doesn't have a diver's bezel. It does have, I guess, a GMT bezel, but can be used as a diver's bezel. Uh, this watch came on a fully brushed bracelet that was manufactured by Wellendorf, and it's a very well engineered bracelet, very comfortable. It's a bit of a hefty watch. It's definitely big. It's not going to be. Um, it's not going to uh, fit as many wrists as, say, the, the Rolex Mariner at 41 millimeter, this one being the 43 millimeter. But with my 7-inch wrist, it fits perfectly, and it's a watch that's been getting a ton of wrist time. So if you haven't seen it, check out my Instagram or just uh, Google uh, Moser Collective Horology, and you'll see this is the C.02. Uh, only 50 examples out there. I think they're trading for in the mid-20s currently. So definitely a um, uh, in the price range of what the C... Uh, the resale market is for Submariners. So, all right, guys, let's get started. So today, uh, I sat down and thought about, you know, what are going to be some alternatives to a Submariner. I had this conversation with a uh, a customer who was looking to get into watch buying, but, you know, uh, after he realized that uh, he can't get a new Submariner through retail without a relationship with an AD and doesn't feel very comfortable spending $25,000 or $20,000 for a steel diver, um, seeing that it's basically double the, the retail value, um, he was looking for something as an alternative, and, and uh, so we turned it into a podcast. So today, let's go ahead and set the frame. Um, the Rolex that I'm talking about, or what I'm comparing these five models to, or five watches to, would be the Rolex reference 126610 Submariner date. It's a 41 millimeter watch. It's about a 12 and a half millimeter thickness. Um, it's on a bracelet. They only come on a bracelet from Rolex. It has the time and date function. It has the uh, a ceramic bezel, a ceramic rotating uh, unidirectional bezel, which means it only turns in one direction, which is what you really need for a diver uh, for safety. Um, it has an in-house 3235 Rolex movement, 70-hour power reserve. Um, retail price is 10100 which is, uh, has just slightly been increased to that price point. It resells for about double that. You can find them, depending on their age, anywhere from about 18 to 21, say. So say $20,000 retail or resale um, range. And this is a 300-meter diver, which most of the watches that we're going to talk about are. Some of them might be a little less, though. So um, what, are all, what are your alternatives? If you're looking for a Swiss-made diving watch that's going to um, look great and work great, something that you can kind of 
wear all day, every day. And that's kind of what divers have become. They, they become the all around watch, right? So, um, some people call it, uh, beach to tux. I like to call it a beach to boardroom watch. Realistically, you can wear a Submariner directly from the beach, go home, shower off, put your, your suit on and go to the boardroom. And you're not going to look out of place in either, um, either spots wearing that watch. So divers have become very popular. Um, and there's, but outside of Rolex, there are some amazing options. So let's start, and we're going to do it in ascending order in terms of price point. So the first brand that I'll talk about, or first watch that I'll talk about, is a brand that's, uh, it is a Swiss brand. Um, it's a, uh, in terms of production, they make roughly about as many watches as Rolex does. Um, and that is Oris, uh, Oris and the Oris Aquas. So Oris as a brand makes around a million watches a year, Rolex speculatively does that does the same um and uh, it's a great brand Uh, one of my first diver diving watches i bought was an orisoc was 43 millimeter it's a little bit of a a hefty piece um they do make three different sizes for this watch so uh, if 43 doesn't appeal to you which for most people it's going to be a little large they do make a 39.5 a 41.5 and again like i said the 30 the 43.5 millimeter oris aquas diver so the diver is definitely going to look a lot like uh, a Submariner. So if you're not familiar with Submariners and you see one across the room, you see an Aquas across the room, you certainly could mistake it for it. Uh, up close, it, it, there's a lot of differences, but the functionality is the same, right? So the, this is going to be a 300 millimeter, uh, a 300 meter diver in stainless steel. Um, what's great about Oris is that their price points are extremely low. They're very, definitely an entry-level brand. Um, this is a brand that if you're thinking about getting an entry-level watch, I always try to port, point people towards Oris as opposed to, like, say, Tag Heuer or something because the price points are honest. The watches are tremendous. They seem to kind of punch above their level, right? So when you're wearing uh, a 41-millimeter Oris Aqua, say, with the their in-house movement, uh, which actually has a, f- a five-day power reserve, which is tremendous, you know, that's a watch that you're going to be spending, you know, less than $5,000 on, and it, it definitely feels like it's... It, it's worth more, right? So, uh, so what do you get, right? So you're going to get to choose between three different sizes, the 39.5, the 41.5, and the 43.5. You're also going to get a huge variation of colors, uh, both with the dial and the bezel. So whereas with the Rolex, you're going you're gonna to be able to choose between a black dial, black bezel, um, or, a, or a, uh, the green dial, sorry, green bezel, black dial. Those are going to be your um, your options, and uh, with the uh, with the Aquas, you're going to have a huge variety. So you can pick between a dark green, dark green bezel, dark green dial, a lighter green bezel, light green dial. You have an aqua blue. You have a dark blue. You have the all black. You even have like a light gray bezel. You'll have some artistic dials as well that they've done in collaborations with some artists. Um, you're going to have even a steel bezel option that's similar to the Yachtmaster. Uh, again, and you'll also have a bracelet and a strap option. I always say, and Tim Masso always echoes this, you know, when you're buying these watches, buy the one on the bracelet and then source the strap separately. That's a, there's always a tremendous savings. Like, for example, if you're going to be buying, say, the 39-millimeter Aquas Date, so the, um, uh, the Salita movement, so the not in-house movement, um, kind of the cheapest variant of this watch, you're going to be paying $2,200 retail on a bracelet and only $2,000 retail on a strap. So 
you know, if you were to source that bracelet separately, you're going to be paying way more than $200 for that bracelet. So buy the watch on a bracelet and then source the strap and buckle separately. It's a great, great way to go. And, and it, it does add some extra dimension to that watch because the watch is extremely comfortable on their straps. Their rubber straps are tremendous. Their, um, their bracelets are, or sorry, their clasps are, are fantastic as well. It has a sliding adjustment scale. It is a very handsome, very well-balanced diver on the wrist and, uh, you know, tremendous value. So uh, they even have, you know, red straps. They have uh, gray dials with red accents on the, on the, um, on the, the seconds hands. Again, you're going to have a tremendous amount of variety when you're looking to buy one of these. And in terms of price points, right, we said that if you wanted to go buy yourself a Submariner today and you don't have a relationship with an authorized dealer, you're going to be spending about $20,000. Well, if you're going to buy a, a, a similar Oris Aquas, you're going to be spending right around two or $3,000. So literally, you can have 10 of these watches for the same price as one Rolex, right? I'm not saying to buy 10. It's probably not a good idea, but maybe buy one or two different colors and you have you know, some different options. All right. So again, we're, these things are going to be retailing between two and $5,000, depending on the size and the movement that you get. Um, they go from the 39.5 with the, uh, with the outsourced Swiss movement that has uh, a 38 hour power reserve, right? So roughly like whatever, a day and a half or so, um, all the way up to the 43.5 with the in-house five day power reserve movement, it is, it's a handsome movement. It's not like nicely decorated or anything like that, but you wouldn't expect that for a watch in this price point. Um, they do have exhibition case backs, whereas the Rolex, you're going to get a closed case back because Rolex really doesn't show you their movements. Um, they're more about utility than, than design when it comes to that. So that might be an extra bonus for you if you like to have uh, access to seeing your movements in your watch. All right, so Oris Aquas is my first pick. Again, two to $5,000 retail. You can certainly find it for less Pre-owned, they trade at a 30 to 50% discount pre-owned depending on the age and condition of that watch. Um, and, and they are surprisingly easily tradable. You know, I've owned uh, quite a few Aquises and you can trade them, uh, maybe not so much with companies like Watchbox. Uh, there's not so much, you know, there's not a lot, not, not a lot of margin on a, say, a $700 or $1,500 watch for a, a brand like uh, Watchbox. But these are easily, easily thrown up on eBay and, and they sell all day long. Oris Aquas, number one pick, two to $5,000 retail range and below that pre-owned. So what's number two? I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, if there's any top 10 Submariner alternative or top five Submariner alternative lists, you're going to have to find the Omega Seamaster. C- so we're talking about the current model. Um, they do, they have made different models, smaller smaller Seamasters uh, in the past, but we're going to be focusing on the, the current model, which is the Omega Seamaster 300M. So again, that's going to be right in the name. It's a 300-meter water-resistant watch. Same as the Aquas, same as the um, as the Rolex. You're not giving up anything when it comes to diving depth. Not that anybody I know has ever taken any of these down 300 meters, but you do have that option there. Um, this is a 42 millimeter, so it's going to be uh, slightly larger than the 41 millimeter Submariner. It's going to wear even a little bit larger. One thing that's great about the Submariner that when they switch from 40 to 41, they actually trimmed it down. They trimmed the lugs down and slightly thinned the case. So it actually wears a little bit smaller. The Omega Seamaster previous version was a 40.5 millimeter. They went up to 40 point, or sorry, 42. So now you're going to have basically, you know, that one and a half millimeter thickness, 
But um, the bracelet's a little bit thicker too. The watch does wear a little bit thicker. And when I first saw the watch, I felt like it was a little too big, but it definitely grew on me. I own one personally. I have the blue dial variant. And that's another thing that you get with Omega that is a, a plus over the Rolex is that, again, Rolex has two variants of that sub, um, whereas the um, Omega has many, many variants of the um, of their Seamasters. They have... Uh, white dials, they have blue dials, uh, they just released a full green, so you know, what is looked at as like the Omega version of a Hulk is now option is now an option for you so you have so many options in terms of color and coordination and you also have straps as well, rubber straps, so something you're not going to get with a Rolex is you're not they don't make a Rolex Mariner say like on an Oyster Flex strap, not yet, maybe next week when at Watches and Wonders, they will release that, but I doubt it. Um, you're not going to find a Oyster Flex or a rubber strap for a Rolex coming directly from the factory for any of their steel models. Um, so with this 42-millimeter 300M diver, you're going to have an in-house movement, their 8800 caliber, uh, which is a tremendous piece. That is uh, something that they worked on for a long time. It's a 50-hour power reserve, so it's going to be slightly less than what you get with the Rolex. Um, you're going to have uh, exhibition case back though, so you can see that movement. And it is—it's a handsome movement. It's definitely uh, finished at a higher level than the um, than the Aquas, of course. Uh, the price points are going to be slightly higher as well. So the starting price points for these um, uh, Omega Seamasters are going to be kind of at the top end of the of the price points for the Aquas, as you would accept, uh, as you would expect. So on a bracelet, you're going to be paying. For the steel 300M diver, you're going to be paying 5400 On the strap, you're paying 51 Again, if you're sourcing that bracelet separately, you're going to pay way more than a $300 difference. So my suggestion is buy the watch on a bracelet, source the strap separately. That's what I did. Um, and you're going to have a lot of different variants, right? So just like the Aquas, you're going to have different dial and bezel combinations. You'll have steel bezels. You'll have some watches even without, you can get a no-date um, Seamaster uh, as well. That's an option. You'll have blue dials. You'll have steel bezels with blue dials. You'll have gray dials with blue bezels. You'll have white dials with black bezels, which is one that I've actually been um, lusting after lately, and I might look to maybe trade my all blue dial and blue bezel towards a, a white dial and, and black bezel. Um, again, you have a lot of different variants. You'll even go into the gold, so they have two-tone with rose gold or what they call sedna gold, you'll have two-tone with yellow gold and different dial combinations. They even have a full yellow gold on a strap, and they even have, if you want to get really crazy, um, they have uh, a, a a redo of an old, old Seamaster ver, uh, uh, watch, which had a rose gold bezel inlay and tantalum uh, plots in the middle of the bracelet with rose gold uh, accents. Really cool watch. And, uh, you know, again, you can have, at this price point, you can buy literally four of these at retail for the same price that you're going to have to pay in terms of the resale price for the Submariner. Not saying you should buy four Seamasters, but you definitely could. Um, And, you know, again, these are very tradable watches. They trade slightly below their retail for the most part, though the green dials right now I've seen already, they just were released this week, and they've been posted at extremely high prices, I assume, you know, they're not going to be a shortage of these. These aren't limited. So these watches will certainly be trading at or below retail moving forward. Um, and uh, one last thing is they do make special edition Seamasters. This is what 
Omega does. So uh, they do still make that the current uh, Bond edition. It's in titanium. It does not come on their traditional bracelet. Comes They have a shark mesh bracelet if you like. Or what I prefer for that watch specifically is the NATO. Um, that's a titanium watch with no date. Really cool watch. Um, that's probably one of the best Bond Seamasters that I would recommend. You're going to find those you know, trading for nine to $10,000, so slightly above the retail, say, on the bracelet. Um, but if you know a retailer, you could probably um, spend some time or on a waiting list and end up actually getting that watch. All right, so again, price points are going to be right around $5,000 for the all-steel model on a bracelet, uh, pre-owned probably a little bit less than that. And then if you want uh, anything with a kind of a cool dial configuration, those ones trade a little bit stronger, but again, well below that $20,000 mark for the um, the Rolex. Let's see if we miss anything in terms of that. Nope, so we got it all. So 50-hour uh, power reserve, in-house movement, time and date. Um, ceramic bezel inserts, so that's one thing also that I missed. For the Aquas, um, nowadays, ceramic bezels are kind of the standard for divers. Um, in the past, it was uh, aluminum printed bezel inserts nowadays basically if you if any company is releasing a diver they're going to have a ceramic bezel which is great because it's a it's something that you can't scratch you can certainly shatter it and i've seen that and chip it uh, but it takes a lot of uh, a lot of pressure and power in order to do so so if you treat the watch reasonably well that's a, a bezel that's going to basically last um, as long as the watch will and uh, so both the aquas and the seamaster have those uh, ceramic bezel inserts the same as the Rolex. All right, moving on. So my third pick uh, in terms of price point might come out of left field for some people. I don't think so. I and mean, maybe I am a homer when it comes to this because I, I'm a fan of this brand. I'm one of the, I guess, few collectors that still spend money on these watches. And uh, that is Panerai. So uh, what am I comparing this to, though? Am I saying a 44 millimeter Panerai Luminar, which is kind of like the standard? No. Uh, what I am uh, adding to this list is uh, a model that they just re-released. I think it was smart for them to do so because they hadn't made it in, in quite a few years, and that is their 40-millimeter Luminor. So currently they offer three models through retail. Uh, they, they offer the Panerai 1270, the 1271, and the 1048. So these are all on a strap, whereas the, the other watches so far that I've mentioned do offer a bracelet variant. So if you're buying a 40 millimeter Luminar right now, you're going to only be able to buy that watch on a strap. And I don't believe, unless somebody's made an adapter, that you can take an older 40 millimeter uh, Panerai bracelet and put it on a new watch just because they have thinned that case out considerably, right? Um, one thing I didn't mention is on the Aquas. So the, the Rolex has about a 12 and a half millimeter thickness. The Aquas are going to be about 13 millimeters. The uh, Omegas are also going to be about 13 millimeters. With the Panerai, surprisingly, the new versions are only 10.5 millimeters thick. So extremely thin compared to most of these divers and compared to most divers in general. The way they did that, though, is that they use a press case back as opposed to a screw down case back, which also lowers the, um, the water resistance. So if you want to buy one of their current new divers, you're going to have to put up with wearing it on a strap. You, you, rubber is definitely an option. So it's certainly a diver, but uh, most of them are being shown, especially on the website, uh, on leather straps, which is nice. And, and again, my opinion, that's how you get it from the beach to the boardroom is by swapping the rubber for the um, 
for the leather, and the watch is still pretty handsome and at 10.5 millimeters thick. I mean, it certainly fits under uh, a cuff at that point. Um, they have the new. They have a newer in-house caliber, the P9000, or sorry, P900, which is a um, a 72-hour power reserve. So it's a nice power reserve. It's going to be rough, a little bit more than the Rolex and uh, less than the Aquas in-house, of course, which has the five-day, and uh, a little bit more than the Omega in-house as well. But again, you're giving up uh, 200 meters of that water resistancy, which may or may not matter to you, and you're not going to have a bracelet option for those. But if you do want a 40-millimeter Panerai on a bracelet, they have made those models, and they made them in large quantities, so they're not hard to find. You can find these in different dial colors as well. So the current dial colors that you can find for the 40-millimeter Luminors, for the current models, are going to find a white, which is really beautiful. Like Panerai's been releasing some amazing white dial watches that are getting a lot of hype. Um, so they have that white, white on white with white indices and a ton of loom, beautiful. They have blue dial, which they've done very well with as well. And they have the all black dial. So the PAM 1270 will be the blue dial. The 1271 will be the white dial. And the 1048 will be the black dial. So if you wanted to look back in the catalog or say go on Chrono 24 and look for a pre-owned 40 millimeter um, uh, Panerai diver or Luminor diver, on a on a bracelet, you can certainly do so. There are quite a few models, right? So you have the Panerai 120, which is going to be a blue dial, like an iridescent blue dial. It's really beautiful. It actually has um, like a, a polish finish to it, so it's like a uh, a vertical grain polish. Beautiful watch. I've owned this watch before. I really like it. Um, Panerai 120. You can find that watch on a full bracelet with a double deployment, butterfly deployment. It's really beautiful and very comfortable. The Pam 50 which is that same watch with a black dial. These are all time and date. And the PAM 51, which is the their white dial on a bracelet. It's a different white dial than what they currently offer, um, which is more of like a monotone white on white. The The previous versions would have a, um, a white dial with like dark indices. So there's more contrast there. Um, what you're getting with the previous versions, you're going to get about a 15 millimeter thickness, so much thicker. Like that is a large difference between 10.5 and 15, but you're going to get a 300 millimeter, or sorry, 300 meter dive uh, capability. So much more capable diver. You're also going to get that screw down case back. So it's more of a robust watch. Um, you're going to have a Valjoux 7750, which is a, it's a very easily accessible and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's, it's a, it's a movement that can be, uh, that can be serviced by almost anybody, right? So when you're buying a an in-house movement from a brand, usually that means you have to send the watch back to the brand directly in order to get service. Whereas if you buy one of these uh, previous versions or discontinued models of, say, the Panerai, you get a Valjoux movement, which parts are basically everywhere. I mean, you can find, if you just type in uh, Valjoux 7750 on eBay, you're going to find hundreds, if not thousands of, of watches that have that movement in there. You can source parts from that if you ever had to or whatnot. That comes with a, that's an automatic uh, caliber as well, 55-hour power reserve. So, you know, you're going to get almost a 20-hour power reserve difference for the new model as opposed to the previous model. But for my money, because you're going to pay less for the pre, for the older models currently, even on a bracelet, I would pick an older model, right? So say, for example, if you want to get the PAM 120, which is that, uh, that really beautiful 
vertical dial or vertical um, striation blue dial on a bracelet even if you look for that watch full set um, from a private seller on on a place like eBay you're gonna pay about six or seven thousand dollars whereas you're gonna pay you know up to eight thousand dollars retail price for say the the uh, PAM 1270, which is the new blue dial bearing of that watch, which is a less capable diver, but has a a longer power reserve with the in-house movement. All right, so again, price points are going to be for uh, on the lower end of the older models, around $4,000, and on the top end of the new models, around $8,000. So for again, for comparing that to a Rolex Submariner, you're going to be, even at the top end, you can buy two of these divers for one Rolex Mariner, and you do get three different dial uh, variations. You get blue, white, and uh, black. One thing you don't get with these Luminors, because these are not submersibles, is you do not get the diving bezel, right? You're not going to have a, a rotating dive bezel. It's a capable diver, but you're not going to be able to time your dive on a watch like this, though, I mean, let's be honest, most people who are listening to this or who buy these watches are not using them for actual diving. They're not going to be trusting their life to this. I mean, they're going to have, you know, like a Sunto diver watch or whatever. This is more for the hobby. So while it's less capable, um, I think it's a great option. Uh, I, I often refer people to these watches and uh, I'd say it, it's the Luminor is a handsome, um, a very handsome case. It, a lot of people like them, but not everybody can wear them. So it is polarizing in that sense. Uh, so yeah, it, this is probably the most different out of all of the five options. All the five options, for the most part, are going to have the basic components of the Submariner, which is going to be you know roughly a 40, 40 millimeter case. They're going to have a uh, diving bezel, time and date, whereas the the Luminors, these Luminors, do not have the rotating diving bezel. All right, moving on. So <clears throat> the next one I'm picking might also catch you at a, at a left field. Um, it's these are not Swiss watches. So that's number one. Number two, uh, I don't think when people think of this brand, they think of divers, but they have made many, many, many divers. And that is the Grand Seiko diver. So currently, Grand Seiko only makes four divers. That's These are the only current models in, um, in production. They make uh, SBGA461, SBGA463, SBGH289, and SBGH291. 291. So what are you looking at when you when you're looking at a Grand Seiko diver? Well, number one, you're gonna be looking at a larger watch, usually 43 or 44 millimeters. Even if you go back to the discontinued models, that's kind of the, the size range. They do larger oversized um, divers. You're gonna get um, which is different than I guess all, the rest of these models, is that you're gonna have an option of 9F quartz, so a full quartz diver, which they don't manufactured currently, but there are many available 9F divers. You're going to have spring drive, which is quartz regulated movements with the longer power reserve, which personally I recommend and what I have in my in my Snowflake, my Grand Seiko Snowflake. Or you're going to have the fully automatic watches with uh, the 55-hour power reserve. So, so you get a choice of three different movements if you're looking for a Grand Seiko diver. Um, price points on the low end for a like a 9F diver, Full bracelet is going to be around three thousand, um, and they'll top out around for like the most sought after models right now, right around ten thousand dollars. Retail prices for the current models are going to be anywhere between six and nine thousand dollars, depending on really which movement uh, you take. So even though 
the, um, the spring drives have a longer power reserve and are uh, more accurate. They are cheaper. So, you know, again, I, that's what I would recommend for my money. I, lo- I like the spring drives. It has a little power reserve on the front of the case. And if you're not familiar with what a spring drive is, is they, um, instead of a balance, they have a uh, quartz oscillator, which regulates the movement. But otherwise, the watch is mechanical. It even has a rotating um, winding uh, rotor in the back of the case. And, and, it's, and uh, while a lot of Grand Seikos do offer uh, a view of their movement, none of the divers do, which is you know, more in line with like traditional dive watches and what you're going to find with the Rolex as well. But again, you're going to have 72-hour power reserve, so you'll it'll match the power reserve on the Rolex for the most part on the spring drive models, the current spring drive models, or you're going to get a 55-hour power reserve with their all-automatic, fully mechanical watches. Right now, they make uh, they don't really have a lot of variations of colors. Uh, basically, you're going to get black dials, black bezels. They do make a blue right now currently, but if you look back through the catalog or go to Chrono24 and just search in Grand Seiko Diver, you're going to have a, a bevy of different color options and some different case variations that are really nice, um, which you're going to get with Grand Seiko that you're not going to get with some of these other models or other brands is you're going to have hand finishing on the case and bracelet. That's kind of their calling card when it comes to Grand Seiko these days. Like That's one of their um, value adds that you're going to have hand finishing or what they call Zeratsu polish on their case and bracelet. I think it does make a big difference. When I'm wearing, say, my my Grand Seiko Snowflake as opposed to one of my Rolex Datejusts, you know, there is a difference in that level of finishing on the case and bracelet. While the Rolex is beautiful, um, it does not have that same level of, of finish as the Snowflake. And with the divers, it's going to feel the same. Um, one thing is the current divers that are made by Grand Seiko are all going to be stainless steel. The watch is a little bit larger, so these can be a bit hefty. The other thing is, and one of the uh, downsides of buying a Grand Seiko in general is that a lot of people, I, I don't really fall in this camp, but a lot of people don't like their clasps. They feel like they're a little bit cheap, especially with the when you're having a large diver, you want to have something that's a little bit more substantial, whereas they feel, I, I don't really have a better word uh, other than kind of chintzy. That's how a lot of people feel about these. I maybe felt like that in the beginning. I've gotten over it. I, I do like the way they feel. They are well-balanced. Um, I will say one way to uh, to get past, say, the 43 or 44 millimeters, um, if that's too large for you, find the titanium versions. There have been uh, previous titanium versions that are for sale online. You can find them probably in the in the five to eight thousand dollar um, range currently, uh, different color combinations, but titanium will solve that size problem for you. People feel like, oh, you know, the watch is the watch wears too big on my wrist. Forty three millimeter is huge. Maybe I only have a six and a half inch wrist. Titanium, uh, the watch will be will, will be substantially lighter and it'll be much more balanced on your wrist. So that'll solve this problem. If you like the look of the Grand Seiko divers, I think out of all the models that we've talked about so far, so starting with the Rolex, going to Oris, going to um, Omega and Panerai, I feel like Grand Seiko has the most handsome dial and bezel combinations. They use large, fat um, hands, highly legible, lots of loom. They use um, really beautiful uh, plots and indices on their dials. And uh, they're famous for their dials, though their divers usually don't have too much variation. They're either going to be flat or they may have like a honeycomb shape on there. Um, but again, just well-proportioned, really beautiful 
watches. You know, it definitely has some of the look and feel of the Submariner, but it's going to be like an oversized. It's it's actually closer to probably like a deep sea than it would be a Submariner. Um, but definitely in the you know an option for you if you're looking for an alternative. And most of these, if not all of these, will be selling for at or below the retail price. So again, you're going to be finding these watches anywhere between. $3,000 on a low end up to about $10,000 depending on which variation and what movement you're looking for. Um, and, you know, tremendous values and very tradable as well. Everything we're talking about here, guys, are basically tradable watches. I'd say out of all of them, probably the Panerais are the least tradable in terms of, you know, the buy and the sell. It'll probably take you the longest if you wanted to try to resell your Panerai privately. There's the smallest pool of buyers for those watches. Or maybe the last watch that I bring up might might be in the running for having the smallest pool of buyers, but that watch is getting a lot of heat lately, so I don't know. I'd have to kind of do a little bit more research in terms of the last watches, and uh, let's go ahead and move on. Oh, one last thing. 200-meter water resistance is what you're getting with Grand Seiko Divers, so slightly less than the um, than the the Rolex that has 300-meter, which is kind of like the standard for like a high-end diver, but, you know, highly functional like you don't have to worry about that you can take that to the beach splash around have a great time rinse it off you know throw a suit on it and wear that to work it's not going to fit under a cuff these watches won't fit under your cuff but uh you know these days having a watch out uh behind your cuff is probably is not you know out of vogue i guess you know i i never put a watch under my cuff in fact i i would even fold back my cuff in order to show my watch because i like to have the watch present wherever i am so, all right, uh, let's move on. So, so far, let's do a quick little recap. We talked about the Aquas, Oris Aquas, Omega Seamaster, Panerai Luminor, now the Grand Seiko Diver. And then the last watch, which I would say that if, if I was a betting man, nobody would guess this to be my last option um, for a, Submar- a Submariner alternative, but I think it truly is. I think it's something that a lot of people should look at. And I think it's an extremely underrated diver, very functional, very handsome, and certainly can make it from the beach to the boardroom. And that is the Glashuta Original CQ. So this is a 2019 release. It not to, you know not much fanfare. Nobody really paid attention to it. Glashuta, in general, kind of suffers from you know poor marketing decisions from Swatch Group. You know they're not a large brand. They don't make a ton of watches. Every year, they don't maybe have a large marketing budget, but I don't know anybody who's like a hardcore Glashute, um collector, though I, as the watch world grows, there are more people who are going towards, you know, German or Swiss-German or German-Swiss watches. So you get people who look for Longa, of course, are looking at Moritz Grossman, which is another brand that's out of kind of that same area. There's even people who, you know, uh, I mean, Moser is German-Swiss, they're made out of Switzerland, whereas Glashut is made in, in Germany. But like that aesthetic and that idea of watchmaking is definitely growing in popularity. So I can see these becoming, you know, maybe more popular in the future. Uh, but the the CQ is a is a tremendous diver, right? Out of all the watches that we've talked about so far, they probably have the highest level of engineering and um, finishing on their movements for sure, right? Uh, Glashut is known for high end movement finishing and and design. They have a ton of different patents. Uh, and <clears throat> one thing that they always, if, you, if you've ever been to like a brand training for these guys or go to their boutique, they'll tell you about the Panorama Date, which they do offer on one of their CQ models. The Panorama Date 
is essentially, the way I can describe it is, they have uh, two disks that sit on the exact same plane, and that's how they they show the digital date, right? So it's a, a, a two-digit date. It's either, you know, for zero through nine, or literally have a zero and a one through nine, and then as it goes through up to 31st. Um, they have, they apparently this is a hard feat to, to accomplish. No other brand, including Longa, has uh, a disc that sits on exactly the same plane as uh, as the as the uh, the digit next to it. Apparently, um, they say it's it's very pleasing. I don't know if I would pay much more for that as opposed to a non a non you know uh, I don't even know how to describe it a, a date that's not on the same plane. Like I guess in on a on a large digital date for say a longa, the they're on slightly different planes, and and apparently if you talk to the guys at Glashuta, they'll tell you that that is uh, that makes a big difference. Whether it does to me, I don't know, I don't care, uh, but it is pretty cool that they have some patents when it comes to you know engineering for watch uh, mechanisms and whatnot. So what are you going to get when it comes to the Glashuta CQ? They make two different models. They make one in a thirty nine point five and that is the CQ date, and then you have one that comes in a 43.2, and this is the millimeter size of the case, 43.2, which is the CQ panorama date. So you're gonna in the larger model, you're going to get that panorama date. You're also going to have to pay more, of course. Um, the, the price range in terms of retails are for the 39.5. They do make different dial uh, configurations and, um, and metal configurations, so you can get these things in two-tone and whatnot. They even make a solid... Uh, solid rules gold one for twenty five thousand dollars, which probably wouldn't spend twenty five grand on that watch. But I guess comparatively to a Rolex Submariner, that's going to be uh, you know in the fifties in terms of resale value uh, for a, the solid gold twenty five thousand dollars for the retail, and certainly well below that for resale might be a uh, an option for some people and might be a, a value. But um, so you're looking at about ten thousand dollars for the smaller version that just has. The regular date, similar to what you're going to get on a on a Rolex, where it's just one disc and it moves moves through, um, <clears throat> and uh, that date sits at three o'clock. Or you're going to pay about twelve five for the stainless model, where you have a at four o'clock you have this panorama date. You have different dial and bezel combinations. They do have an all green, so I guess the Hulk version. Of the uh, of their CQ and Panorama date, and just the regular date version. So the cheaper and the newer version, or the cheaper and the more expensive version, or the smaller or the larger version. The the one I would pick personally. I'm not a blue guy. A lot of people like blue. They do make a blue dial, blue bezel um, on a bracelet. The one I would pick though is I guess I don't know if it's let's see if they, do they call it the Heritage? It has the the faux patina. I I know a lot of people don't like faux patina. I do. So they have a black dial with a faded faux patina on the hands and uh, and on the indices and the numerals. Uh, one thing that's great about this, and, and I think it rivals the um, the Grand Seiko, is the hands. They lo- they use large fat hands, which I like. I don't know what it is about those, but like almost cartoonishly large, oversized hands. And the indices and numerals are also kind of that thick, cartoonishly large. Um, uh, style of font, and uh, it makes it extremely legible. The loom is tremendous on this watch, and I don't, it just fits. I think the watch is beautiful. So from a design element, I think this and the um, the CQ and the and the Grand Seiko divers are have like the, the best design elements. Um, 
And uh, this is going to be hand finished as well, which is going to be nice. I mean, the, again, you're talking about a much smaller manufacturer than any of these, any of the brands we've talked about in the past, the smallest manufacturer out of all of them. And uh, I believe they make four or 5,000 watches a year. Um, I could be wrong about that, though. I could probably check that. Uh, but yeah, and you're going to have an option of a textile strap, a rubber strap, or a bracelet with any of these. Um, again, the price difference between, say, the, the, the bracelet and the textile rubber strap is not going to be huge, so definitely go for the, um, the bracelet, and then you can always source even an aftermarket strap would be nice on this. So... So yeah, um, that's that'll wrap it up, guys. That's going to be oh, this is these are three hundred millimeter or three hundred meter divers as well. So you're going to get the same uh, diving capacity as the Rolex on the CQ. You're going to get something that is much more rare in the sense of you know production numbers without a doubt, um, and for demand in general. So if you're looking for a diver that you're not going to see many people wearing out, if you go to the beach and you don't want to see someone else wearing exactly the same watch as you. Go for the Glashuta. That's going to be this is going to be the watch with the lowest production numbers by far, um, and you know you, you do get more variation. So, to recap, if you're looking for the sub, you're going to get it in one size with two different color variations. Price differences through retail are only five hundred bucks, but you're going to pay five thousand dollars more for the green bezel uh, diver from Rolex, the Submariner, whereas. Almost all these other brands are going to have a lot of different variations in terms of dial and bezel um, combinations. Uh, you will get, with some of these brands, you're going to get uh, gold options as well. Uh, Panerai does not make a gold 40-millimeter diver. Uh, neither does Oris, uh, but um, all these other brands, or I guess Grand Seiko doesn't either. But with Glashuta and um, with Omega, you will find uh, gold options too, so... If you love gold, it's a way to go. And uh, yeah, so let's do a quick recap, and then we can wrap this up here. So um, if you're if you're looking for an alternative for the Submariner, I uh, options in ascending price: Oris Aquas, 43, 41, or 39 millimeters; uh, Omega Seamaster, 42 millimeters; Panerai, 40 millimeter; uh, Luminors. Current models are a little bit less capable. But the previous models are cheaper and more capable in terms of diving. Uh, Grand Seiko makes a bunch of different models. And if you like quartz, which I personally do like quartz, so you can get a quartz movement or quartz regulated movement. That's going to be one of the options there. And again, price points between three dollars and $10,000. And then finally, if you're looking for something that is a little bit more high horology in a sense and uh, something completely off book from, from you know outside of Switzerland, uh, the Glashuta CQ is the best option. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you spending the time here, and hopefully this will uh, help you in making decisions when you're looking for a sub or an alternative. Um, remember to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. Uh, check out our YouTube uh, channel. We're, we're launching new content. Tim has a, uh, Tim Masso has got some great new shows. Also, follow Tim Masso on Instagram as well as myself. I'm at Mr. Thanos on Instagram. You can email me any questions or looking for suggestions or if you want to buy a watch directly from me, just email me at jthanos at thewatchbox.com. Again, thanks and uh, hope to entertain you next time. Bye.